0: Farm Foundation is an outreach of the Permanent Baptist Churches of DeKalb County. Uh. build primitive baptist church meets in the seven springs community on new Bildad road each sunday morning at 10 30 sunday night at 6 and wednesday night at 6 30 the Mount view primitive baptist church meets in the shiny rob community on old blue springs road each sunday morning at 10 30 your speaker today is elder ricky arnold pastor at the Mount view church my thoughts this morning are on the sovereignty of God. Sovereignty, the absolute authority. That's what sovereignty means. And dear children, in this difficult time, in the time we're living in now that is unprecedented in this generation, dear children, we need to realize who is in control and who is the sovereign of heaven and earth. So in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 19. Out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. So everything... Everything on this earth, everything that swims, flies, walks, crawls, or creeps upon the ground was formed by our God. God is sovereign in nature. He is sovereign over his own creations, O heavenly Father. Father, Bless us in this hour that the things we say and do would be pleasing in thy sight. So dear children, let's go to the book of Matthew chapter 6. And it says, Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? That everything that is on this earth God created, and God set His nature in motion as such that it would feed the fowls of the air, whether they feed upon the seeds of every plant that He created, or the insects that He created, everything that He has made, God had a purpose for, and God is sovereign in the creation of them. And by His divine providence, He feeds them. But bless your heart, dear children, God can intervene in a great way. In a mighty way, and we need to see, dear children, in the book of First Kings, chapter 17, and verse 2. And the word of the Lord came to him, saying. Now he's speaking. He's speaking to Elijah. And you need to understand the time in which Elijah has lived here. That it's a wicked nation, and it's they're a perverse nation. I know we can understand that from the nation in which we live in today, dear children. And Elijah prayed that it wouldn't rain, and it did not rain for a space of 42 months, three and a half years. People have been going. to the grocery store and the shelves were almost cleaned out. Well, you imagine what it would be like if it didn't rain for three and a half years? There'd be a panic sure enough. But God, in the midst of these hard times, and the word of the Lord came unto him saying, Get thee hence and turn thee eastward and hide thyself by the brook Cherith which is before Jordan and it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. Now we've already read where God feeds the birds of and the fowls of the air. But here he's commanded the fowls of the air to feed the prophet Elijah. God's sovereign in his creation. He's sovereign in nature. He has absolute authority. Don't lose sight of that in the times in which we live, dear children, that our God is sovereign in the weather. Now, that's, when I talk about the sovereignty of God, don't misunderstand that I'm not trying to say that every minute of every hour is predetermined by God and everything's fixed, but there's nothing that God can't intervene providentially and bless His children in. So, God is sovereign in the affairs of the nature of this earth and in the weather even. In Psalms chapter 147, beginning at verse 15, it says, He sendeth forth His commandment upon the earth, His words runneth very swiftly. He giveth snow like wool, and scattereth the hoarfrost like ashes. He casteth forth His ice like morsels, who can stand before His cold. Who sends these things? Well, the Scriptures have told us that God does. In the book of Jeremiah, Chapter 10, beginning at verse 12. He hath made the earth by his power, he hath established the world by his wisdom, and hath stretched out the heavens by his discretion. When he uttereth his voice, there is a multitude of waters in the heavens, and he causeth the vapors to ascend from the ends of the earth. He maketh lightnings with rain, and bringeth forth the wind out of his treasures. Who's in control? Well, the Lord is. God is sovereign in His creation. He's sovereign in nature. He's sovereign in the weather. Dear children, one thing that I want you to remember and understand is that God is sovereign in the affairs of this world. Don't lose sight of that. There's many things that have been decreed by our government in these this, these difficult times. And dear children, we are to endeavor to obey the laws of the land. But when the apostles were arrested and brought before the high council, after they had been charged not to preach in the name of Jesus. Peter said, ought we to obey men or God? You decide. Well, dear children, we ought to obey our God. We ought to obey civil authority, but my endeavor in being here this morning is to proclaim the word of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, to proclaim the word of God, and to... And to stand and understand that God is sovereign and he will have someone breaching his word on this earth when he comes again, dear children. And there is no power under the earth, on the earth, or in heaven that will thwart his power. In the book of Proverbs... And I asked and I prayed this morning. And I prayed for our leaders and for our president. And we ought to do that. We'll get to that if God will be our helper. But in Proverbs chapter 21. Proverbs chapter 21 and verse 1. It says, The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. As the rivers of water, he turneth it whithersoever he will. The king's heart is in the Lord's hand. The king's heart is in God's hand. And he can turn it whithersoever he will. When Jesus stood before Pilate, Pilate said, Don't you know that I have the power to crucify thee or the power to let thee go? And Jesus said, Thou couldest have no power at all against me except it were given thee. Dear children, God is sovereign in the affairs of this life. He's sovereign in the affairs of this world. Don't lose sight of that in these troubled times. That in the book of Daniel, let us turn to chapter 4. At verse 28. All this came upon King Nebuchadnezzar. At the end of twelve months he walked in the palace of the kingdom of Babylon. The king spake and said, Is not this great Babylon that I have built for the house of the kingdom by the might of my power and for the honor of my majesty? While the word was in the king's mouth, there fell a voice from heaven saying, O king Nebuchadnezzar, to thee it is spoken. The kingdom is departed from thee, and they shall drive thee from men, and thy dwelling shall be with the beast of the field. They shall make thee to eat grasses and oxen, and seven times shall pass over thee until thou know that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men, and giveth it to whomsoever he will. Understand, Nebuchadnezzar is the king of Babylon, a wicked king. Kingdom, a powerful kingdom. They ruled most of the earth at that time. They ruled considerable part of what we know as the Middle East at this time, and they've captured. They've captured all of Israel. Israel has been destroyed as a nation and as a government, they're under their authority. Daniel has been taken down to Babylon as a captive and a slave to serve the king, and he's Warned the king. And the king steps out and he says, Is not this great Babylon that I have built by the power of my hand? Uh, how great his authority he thinks is. And while the words are yet in his mouth, the Lord speaks to him, that you may know that the Most High, the God of heaven, the sovereign God of heaven and earth said, that you may know that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men and giveth it to whomsoever he will. Now does that mean that God purposed evil men? No, it does not. But dear children, just as the king's heart is in the Lord's hands, the Lord can turn and he had an effect on Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. He drove him from the palace and he made him to eat grass as an ox and he looked almost like a wild beast. And listen to what Nebuchadnezzar says when God gave him back his mind. At the end of the days I Nebuchadnezzar lifted up mine eyes from heaven and mine understanding returned unto me and I blessed the Most High and I praised and honored him that liveth forever whose dominion is an everlasting dominion and his kingdom is from generation to generation and all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing and he doeth according to his will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of earth and none can stay his hand or say unto him what doest thou? At the same time, my reasoning returned unto me, and for the glory of my kingdom, mine honor and my brightness returned unto me, and my counselors and my lords sought unto me, and I was established in my kingdom, and excellent majesty was added unto me. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the King of heaven, all whose works are truth and his ways judgment And those that walk in pride, he is able to abase. Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, the king of this wicked kingdom, God brought him down to his knees and made him eat grass like an oxen, God is sovereign over this world and in the affairs of this world. And when Nebuchadnezzar's mind was given back to him by God, he said, this is God. He works his will among the armies of heaven and among the inhabitants of earth. And none can stay his hand or say unto him, what doest thou? And dear children, as we face these troubled times, as we live in the times in which there is this pandemic, as we're told, and Things seem to be out of control. Well, dear children, they may be out of my control and they may be out of your control, but they've never been out of God's control. Don't lose sight of that in these troubled times. As I speak to you this morning, and you may be in your home or wherever you may be, dear children, understand, understand that God is sovereign. And He can turn the king's heart. And He has turned the king's heart in times past. And dear children, we need to see and understand that our God is able to do whatever He pleases. And just as Nebuchadnezzar said, None can stay His hand or say unto Him, What doest thou? This pandemic, this, this, this virus that seems to affect the whole world right now. Dear children, it may bring governments to their knees, but dear children, that our God is still on the throne. Let's rejoice in that fact this morning, and let's not lose sight of that fact this morning, that our God's able. Psalms chapter 76. Let's begin reading at verse 7. Thou, even thou, art to be feared, and who may stand in thy sight when once thou art angry? Thou didst cause judgment to be heard from heaven, and the earth feared and was still. When God arose to judgment to save all the meek of the earth, Selah, surely the wrath of man shall praise thee, and the remainder of wrath shalt thou restrain. And we look at the world in which we live, and some may ask the question, do you think God really restrains... The wrath of man and restrains the evil of this world. If he didn't, I, I perish to think what this world would be like. The Bible tells us that every imagination of man's heart is only evil continually. The Bible tells us, All is sin and come short of the glory of God, none seeketh after God. Dear children, if God didn't have His hand of providence in this world to protect us from the evil of this world, I perish to think what this would be like. Psalms 31 tells us, My times. The psalmist says my times are in thy hands. Dear children, we need to remember that this morning as we face these difficult and troubled times, as we face things that are unknown to us and we don't understand. Uh, Understand this. Your God is still on the throne. Your God is still in the heavens and our times. Our times are definitely in His hands. Dear children, don't lose sight of the truth. Now, I prayed this morning for the leaders of our land... And the Bible instructs us to do that. I want to go to the book of 1 Timothy chapter 2 and read verses 1 through 5. I exhort therefore that first of all supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty, For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. Now, dear children, let me take this step by step. Paul says to the young preacher Timothy and to the church that he serves, I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications and prayers and intercessions and giving of thanks be made for all men. Now, is that all? what all men is under consideration? All categories of men. That we ought to pray for our leaders. We ought to pray for the, those that have authority over us at every level, dear children. We ought to pray for them. Because the Bible instructs us to do so. Why? It says, For kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty, that we might lead a quiet and peaceable life. That literally means unhindered. Unhindered for what purpose? Unhindered for the cause of Christ. All I want for my government is to leave me to the ability to preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. My first obligation is to honor and glorify the one who paid it all. My first obligation is to honor and glorify those that the Lord Jesus Christ has paid for us and to honor and glorify His name, dear children. Jesus paid the debt for us and it plainly says that we might lead a quiet and peaceable life unhindered. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God and our Savior, dear children. Our goal is that for every category of man, that's who this is too, not the entire Adamic race, for it tells us in Revelations that God has redeemed them out of every nation, kindred, tongue, tribe, and people. Out of every category of people on this earth, out of every... Person, every group of persons, every nationality of persons, everywhere there is a people, God has a people. And dear children, that they may be what? That we might further the cause of Christ, who will have all men. What all men, again, all categories of men, out of every nation, kindred, tongue, tribe, and people, those of the family of God might be saved. And too many times we take the word saved and make it apply to heaven. This is not about eternal heaven here. This is about God's children coming to the knowledge of the truth. The truth of salvation by the sovereign grace of God. The truth that our God is on in on the throne and hath done whatsoever He is pleased. The truth of rightly dividing God's word of truth to the family of God that they might be saved as the scripture says from this untoward generation this is a gospel salvation that they would become knowledgeable of who their savior is dear children in the book of what salvation are we talking about 1 Corinthians chapter 15 beginning at verse 1 it says moreover brethren I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you which also ye have received and wherein you stand by which also ye are saved if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you unless ye have believed in vain. Paul is talking about someone being saved if they'll keep in mind what he's preached. Well who is that person? Who are those people that will be saved by keeping in remembrance what Paul has preached? He tells you in the very first verse. Moreover brethren. The preaching of the gospel will save the brethren. And, dear children, there's only one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. We we need to understand, dear children, that we are saved eternally by the grace of God. We can be saved day by day, a gospel salvation, a timely deliverance by obedience to the Word of God, even in the midst of these troubled times. Dear children, that God would have all the elect family of God come to the knowledge of the truth, that there is a saving in the gospel. Let me go back to Corinthians uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and begin at verse 18. It says, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved, saved by the grace of God, by the Mediator, the only one that can go between God and man, Jesus Christ. Unto, for the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise. I will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. This is written to the believer. And life must precede action. God reaches Not based on our works, not based on our worth, not based on our anything. God is sovereign in the salvation, the eternal salvation of His people. Let us go to the book of Ephesians chapter 1 and let us begin reading at verse 3. to the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He hath made us accepted in the Beloved, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. God is sovereign in the salvation of His people, according as He hath chosen us. Who's the us? All the family of God chosen in Christ Jesus before the world began. And... It plainly tells us, having predestinated us. Now, when you use that term, so many people, they try to apply it to everything. Dear children, that does not mean that every minute of every hour of every day was predetermined by God. I don't believe that. The Bible does not teach this. What does it mean? It means that He made Adam able to stand and liable to fall. Who is it that plunged this world into sin? It was Adam. It tells you plainly in the book of Romans that One by one man sin entered into the world and death passed upon all men. But we're saved by the one man, Jesus Christ, the only mediator between God and man. God predetermined. He determined He was going to save some of the fallen race of Adam by His grace. And it tells you plainly, According as He hath chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children, He predetermined to adopt some of the fallen race of Adam. How many? Thousands times thousands times thousands that no man can number, adopted out of the fallen family of Adam into the family of God. How? By the grace of God. Why? According to the good pleasure of His will. To the praise of the glory of His grace. Wherein He hath made us accepted in the beloved. Not that we accepted. He made us acceptable in the sight of God the Father by the finished work. It says in whom we have redemption through His blood the forgiveness of sins. According to the riches of His grace. The praise for our eternal home in heaven belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ. It belongs to God's grace. First Peter chapter 1 and verse 2 it says. Elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father. Through the sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ, grace unto you and peace be multiplied. There's the entire plan of salvation. God chose to save a people. He gave them to the Son to save. The Son shed His blood for them and the Holy Spirit makes it known unto them, dear children. Let's understand. Salvation. God God is sovereign in everything. He is the final authority. And what it took to save us was our God. Now he says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. I have a lively hope, a living hope, a hope that lives within me because of the finished work of Jesus Christ. Because that Jesus rose from the dead, I believe every child of God that's done gone on and that will be risen, glorified to what? An inheritance. Your home in heaven is an inheritance. That's something somebody gives you. It's not a reward. A reward is something you receive for what you did. I received my home in heaven because it was granted to me by the grace of God, to who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed at the last time. Second Timothy chapter one and verse nine and ten. Who has saved us and called us. Who saved us? The Lord saved us. The Lord Jesus saved us. According to the plan of God the Father, God the Son, and the God the Holy Spirit, they did what they intended to do. God's sovereign in salvation. Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works. I'm thankful for that. But according to His own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began but now is made manifest by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death and hath brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. You see, dear children, that's why I want to lead, pray that I can lead a quiet and peaceable life unhindered, that I can shine a light on the sovereign grace of our Lord and Master Jesus Christ. Dear children, God is sovereign in every aspect of this world. God is sovereign in the salvation of sinners. God is sovereign over the nature. God is sovereign over the weather. God is sovereign in every aspect of this life. And He's still sovereign today in the midst of the coronavirus. spoke in the last few weeks that we're not to be a slave to fear. God did not give us a spirit of fear. I know these are troubling times. And as Brother Joseph and I made our first efforts to speak and live stream last week, I said we're not alone. I'll end... The message this morning, the book of Lamentation. We spoke about the prophet Jeremiah earlier. Jeremiah, in the midst of a great troubled time, that the nation of Israel had rebelled and sinned so greatly that God allowed Babylon. We spoke of King Nebuchadnezzar. He came up and destroyed the entire government and carried away many of the most talented and bright, and he carried them away captive. And Jeremiah told Israel, he warned them what was coming. And it came. And there is misery, destruction all around. And even though Jeremiah knew that it was coming, it was almost more than he could bear. Starting at verse 17 of the third chapter of the book of Lamentations. And thou hast removed my soul far off from peace. I forgot prosperity. I said my strength and my hope is perished from the Lord. Remembering mine affliction and my misery, the wormwood and the gall, My soul hath them still in remembrance and is humbled in me. The scene that Jeremiah sees and the trouble and the devastation and the suffering, even though he knew it was coming, was almost more than he could bear to look at. He says, My strength and my hope is perished from the Lord. My soul is far off from peace. I forgot prosperity. He says, I've given up hope. Things are so bad, I forgot what it was like to be good. He's living in a troubled time. But then... Old Jeremiah remember something. This I recall to my mind, therefore I have hope. And, dear children, I want you to have hope. It is of the Lord's mercy that we are not consumed, because His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Dear children, I know these are troubled times. I can speak for myself. I've never seen anything like this. But I had a great aunt that lived through the Spanish flu outbreak of 1918. And she survived, and this nation survived. But what's more important, God's still on the throne. And He's still sovereign. And He still rules and reigns among the armies of heaven and among the inhabitants of earth, and none can stay His hand. As I communicated this week with the members of this little congregation that I serve here at Mount View, most are old. And last week as we endeavored to stream... I quoted a verse of this song, and one dear sister encouraged me to go ahead and sing it. So that's how I'm going to close today. There's a great message for these times in this song. And overlook the way I sing. I have a joy in singing, but I think the message of this song is important in the time we live in. In the dark of the midnight Have I oft hid my face While the storm howls above me And there's no hiding place Mid the crash of the thunder Precious Lord, hear my cry Keep me safe Till the storm passes by Till the storm passes over Till the thunder sounds no more Till the clouds roll forever From the sky Hold me fast, let me stand In the hollow of thy hand Keep me safe Till the storm passes by, when the long night has ended and the storms come no more, let me stand in thy presence on that bright, peaceful shore. Never comes. Lord, may I dwell with Thee when the storm passes by. Trust the Lord will indeed keep us safe till this storm passes by. May the good Lord bless and keep you, is my prayer. Thank you for listening. You may write to the Firm Foundation in care of Ricky Arnold, 328 R. Arnold Road, Smithville, Tennessee, 37166. And until next time, may the Lord richly bless you and keep you, is my prayer.